Wagwan people, it's your boy Mo, aka the Hoop Genius, once again joined by the legend that is Mr. BJ Armstrong. We're talking NBA Finals, so who better to talk NBA Finals with than a man who's been there and lived it all himself? BJ, my brother, how are you doing today? Oh man, I'm good. I'm good. Great game last night. I thought that was an excellent in-game adjustment by the Phoenix Suns. Really took on the challenge. And somehow, some way found, you know, found a way to win this game when they didn't particularly play exceptionally well. Great contributions from their role players, Mikael Bridges, we can get into that. And even though DeAndre Ayton didn't have a spectacular game stat-wise, I thought his imprint was all over the game and what he was able to do, you know, just by showing up, playing big, and uh, being the, the physical presence that he is, especially on the defensive end. Man, I mean, we covered the game live last night I, I need to give it another watch but i feel the reception from the fans from the media is there's there's two two schools of thought right now is a lot of people are saying the bucks are done uh, and this series is going to be over in four or five other people saying the bucks are going to win both at two both at home and then it's going to be a, a three game series how are you feeling looking at this we'll talk about the phoenix suns in a sec but from the milwaukee bucks perspective Giannis can't just do everything. Someone else has got to step up. And I know we talk about role players playing better at home, but it's the NBA Finals. Chris Miller and Drew Holiday are not supposed to be role players. They're supposed to be your second and third stars on the team. So what's your thoughts looking at the Milwaukee Bucks? Well, conventional wisdom would tell me that, you know, this is going to be great. Game three is going to be very tough for Phoenix. Why? Because now they have three days in between in between game two and game three. And they're just going to be getting love and admiration from the fans, from the media about how this is over. And it's only natural for them to have a let up. Okay. So for the next two or three days, Phoenix, you're great. Phoenix, you, you should win the series. <laughs> when is the parade coming? When is the celebration? The family is all relaxed. It's only natural. Okay. After the game, you know, I was listening to Devin Booker and Devin Booker said something that I kind of recognize. He said, we're going to approach the games in Milwaukee as if it's zero, zero. And I thought, oh, wow. I've heard that. I've heard that before. He has the championship mentality, like somewhere along the way, they have picked up this championship mentality. And now Milwaukee has been here before. So let's not push the panic button. We know this team is battle-tested. We know they have a great player. We know that probably Middleton will play better or Drew Holiday is going to be, be better at home. The fans are going to be behind them. So they are going to be a minimum of plus seven at home. Okay, now, but we also understand that this Phoenix Suns team, they are a terrific road team. I think they are prepared to get one game, if mm -hmm. not two. Mm -hmm. I think they're prepared to get one game here. And they know that the work is not done. Chris Paul clearly has been in this situation before. I expect DeAndre Ayton to statistically play better. And, you know, I, I, I have every reason to believe that they can get one game there. Now, I expect Milwaukee to come out in the first half and try to knock out the Phoenix Suns. 
if Phoenix can withstand and withhold that and keep this game close, I think Phoenix wins. I think they win because there's no more adjustments that Milwaukee can do. What are they going to do? They made all of the adjustments. They had great adjustments. I thought, I thought Bud did a great job of giving his team different assignments, different ways to, to defend screen roll. You saw what they did as far as going big, going small. I thought they had a great plan, game plan where they really, they went away from who they really are and, and what they've done as a team. They were a three-point shooting team. Suddenly they were just driving the basketball, attacking the paint. I don't think there's anything other to do other than to go out and perform. Now all the talking's over with and we'll yeah. see how it happens. But I, I, I'm going to say Phoenix will win one game there for sure. I mean, usually I'm a, I'm a very harsh critic of Mike Budenholzer, but he defensively made all the adjustments that you can. He showed them every Absolutely. coverage, right? The, the Phoenix yes. Suns are just really good. They're just really good, efficient offensively, okay? The problem for the Bucks now is they played good defense. They started off the game playing excellent defense. They played good defense. The problem with the Bucks is trying to put the ball in the basket, which is a lot harder than it sounds in the NBA Finals. The reason why I think this series is going to be over in, in five or six games, Max, is the talent on the Bucks. Now, with all due respect to Chris Madden, he's a really good player. You know, he's been an all-star in this league and his journey has been fantastic. But if you look at every team to win a championship, look at take away the best player off the table. So we'll take, you know, Kawhi off the table, take Steph or, or Katie or LeBron. Chris Madden is the worst number two option on a finals team, on a championship <laughs> like, 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 Since maybe like when Dirk won it in, in 2011, right? Do you know what I mean? Like, look at the star power on all those other teams. Like, we, we and JD were talking in the studio about, I said to JD, when was the last time a team won a championship where the gap between the best player and the, and the other two players that are supposed to be the stars on the team is this huge? Because LeBron had Kyrie and Kevin Love. If Kyrie and Kevin Love are better than Middleton and, and Drew Holiday are playing right now. Drew Holiday is doing his best Eric Bledsoe impression. He's, in fact, putting up worse numbers than Eric Bledsoe throughout this series so far. And you look at it like this, like, the fourth best player on the Bucks is a seven-footer who can only give you 25 minutes a night depending on matchups. And their fifth player, their fifth best player might be Bobby Portis in the NBA Finals. And that's with all due respect to these guys because I think as players, they're amazing. But I'm just saying the standard of an NBA Finals, they just don't have the talent to match the Phoenix Suns. Now, the Phoenix Suns aren't like a super team, whatever. But the thing is, the, 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 super, the, the Phoenix Suns, for me, what makes them great is they've got almost the perfect player at each position. I think I spoke about this during the earlier stage of the playoffs. They've got a point guard that can control the game, control the pace, control the score, control the time. They've got a wing scorer in Devin Booker who reminds me of guys like Rip Hamilton and everyone loves to throw the Kobe Bryant comparison in there because he's great at off the ball. He's great with the ball in his hands. And then you've got two great wing defenders in Bridges and Crowder who can lock guys up on the perimeter, deny the dribble penetration and do what they're supposed to do is knock down open threes on the offensive end. Maybe not Crowder in game one, but he bounced back. And then they've got the big presence on the inside in DeAndre Ayton. And the biggest thing for me right now with DeAndre Ayton that's really surprised me is he's a young fella. I know he looks like he's 40, but he is only 22. But he's mastered the art of playing defense and protecting the paint without committing fouls, 
when you watch him, the verticality, the discipline to have his hands up, not be reaching and staying out of foul trouble is the biggest thing for the Phoenix Suns in this series. Because without Tory Craig now, without Dario Saric, their front court rotation is looking thin. And the fact that DeAndre Ayton can stay out of foul trouble so well, unlike a lot of other big men in this league, I think has been absolutely huge. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of DeAndre Ayton. And, right, I mean, when you look at who he's had to defend and guard, think about it. You're 22 years of age. He's had to guard basically three MVP players, right? You know, Giannis is one, two. Jokic, Anthony Davis. I mean, this is, the, the, you can't take this for granted. You're 22. And not only can we match up with those players, but it's not like they're sending double teams. I mean, this is an incredible, incredible, you know, what you're watching here. I think at some point we're going to look back at this and say, wow, that's, it's pretty amazing that you have a player with this type of versatility on the defensive end. And, and go ahead. And all credit to the Phoenix Suns for picking DeAndre Ayton with that first pick, considering that's the same draft as Luka Doncic and Trey Young and all these other guys. They're showing exactly why people jump the gun. Because I've seen people online, media, fans, whatever, saying, oh, man, they should have drafted Luka. They should have gone with this guy. He's showing why he was the number one pick. And also, he's got family in the UK. So big love to DeAndre from over here. You know the vibes. But, right. but for real, for real, what I love about DeAndre Aiden is when the Bucks go small, he can still stay on the court. Not many five yes. men in the NBA can stay on the court to counteract that small ball, but he can. Now, I don't know whether that's because he's still so young, he can still move his feet super quick and he'll lose that as he gets older, but they ain't got to worry about that yet. What's scary is he's now coming into his own. He's really establishing a name for himself and he's getting this experience in the NBA Finals and so is Devin Booker. Could we be seeing the start of perhaps a, a little dynasty duo down in Phoenix? Well, w without question, when you look at their age, when you look at, you know, how these young men have been able to ascend to this level so quickly, this is their first playoff run. I mean, that to me is just amazing, you know, let alone their age and they're making a playoff run. This is their very first time in the playoffs. And by the way, they are two wins away from winning an NBA championship. It's crazy. Yeah, that, that, that's just, to me, What's, is what's like, that wow. feeling like? What's that feeling like, though? Because you've been in situations where you're up. You know, you've just got right. to win two more. You're halfway there. What's that feeling like? Because you, you can run the risk of celebrating too early. Or, like we said before, the, the score is still 0-0. Zero, zero. You stay locked in. Right. But obviously, you can have that mentality. But there's 12 men on the roster. The What well, I want to know is the atmosphere in the locker room. How... Well... The, the, the difference between winning and losing is so small, right? Okay, so you look at the two injuries that the Phoenix Suns have, that has occurred to them, right? We don't know the impact that that could have later in this series because I said to you, Mo, at the beginning of this series that the advantage for the Phoenix Suns was the death and the guys that they have off the bench. I thought those guys were a better fit for the pace because I think Chris Paul will dictate the pace of the series. 
they're down not one, they could be down two players. Now, at some point, that's going to impact them if this goes five, six, and seven, because now you're putting that many more minutes on your starters. Now, if you notice at the end of the game last night, Mo, Monty did something that was very interesting. Devin Booker did not finish the game. Mm-hmm. But they were up. Like, they, they had it. But Mo, 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 they weren't up like 20. They were up like eight points. Yeah, because you could trust your team. But, Mo, who's trusting at this stage of the game? This is the NBA and anything can happen. Yeah. You've seen Reggie Miller. You've seen Tracy McGrady score nine points in five seconds or whatever. The, these the guys Bucks ain't got guys like that. The Bucks ain't got, uh, uh, Bucks ain't hey, got hey, no hey, one hey. on the roster that can do that. Mo, this is the NBA and anything can happen. So all I'm saying is you saw Monty begin at the end of game two to prepare his guys for game three. Yeah. And also, you know, Devin Booker did take that little knock to the face, given his broken yes, notes from the Clippers series. So you've got to be extra cautious. You He's you got the rest of the summer to relax. He's got the rest of the summer. Yeah. But, but, but I'm saying is the longer you keep him in, if he does get hit in the face, even by accident, then he has to put the mask back on for game three and he'll shoot poorly or, or whatever it may be. You feel me? It was yeah. wise. My, it was a my, wise decision to take him out. My point being is that Monty understands his advantage. Okay. No one's saying the things that Monty's doing. Like for instance, he takes his guy out. At, he takes his guys out at the end of the game. I was like, wow, that's interesting. You know what else he does that's interesting during the series? He just goes zone for no reason at all. Mm-hmm. But, because he, he knows he knows that he's got to keep his guys on the floor. He knows he's not going to rebound as well from a zone defense, but because he knows that he needs DeAndre Ayton and Jay Crowder in particular to stay out of foul trouble because you got to have physical bodies to match up with Giannis, that he's doing all of these things knowing and playing to his death. Now he's lost one player, perhaps two players, and that's going to affect him at some point. And just, you know, touching on that zone defense, this is what I've been screaming for Milwaukee to do, and they kind of did it at the first half of game two, is just to mix up the coverage. Throw these guys off, because if you're going down the court every time and you're seeing the same coverage, you're being matched up with the same guys, you're getting the same looks, you can find your rhythm. But then all of a sudden, oh, no, what? we got to go and attack this zone now. Now Boonholz has got to call out a play or, or Drew Holiday has got to call out a play that, that's going to attack their zone defense. I like the variation in the coverages. And I just think, I've been saying it all season long, the Phoenix Suns, they don't do anything crazy. They just run everything efficiently. When I watch them play, they 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 run the stack pick and roll, with the screen to screen like we talked about. They run the horn set where Aiden dives to the hoop and Crowder stays at the top. And then they like to run a lot of Chicago action, which is the the dribble, the, the pin down screen that leads to the dribble handoff for Devin Booker to curl up and catch with the momentum going in his favor. And those are just three very simple things that I see them run every game whenever they need to get their offense going. And those are just the things I don't see from Milwaukee. Those are the things that I don't see from the Milwaukee offense. Milwaukee to me is, all right, who, who's bringing the ball up? Is it Giannis? Is it Drew? Is it Middleton? All right, you try and get a bucket. That's, that's what I see. And then, all right, cool. Now we're going to bail out. Well, I don't see any well, of the fluidity from 
the Milwaukee Bucks. That's why when I talk about Phoenix being so well coached and being so well disciplined and drilled into what they're doing, they do go to that, all right, Chris Paul's got the ball, we're all going to get out of the way. But that's in the late stages of the fourth quarter. Well, let's give great players make things look incredibly simple. There aren't a lot of Chris Pauls and Devin Bookers running around the NBA. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. There aren't a lot of Chris Pauls and Devin Booker running around the NBA. I hear you. They hear make you. this look at There's a reason that Chris Paul is Chris Paul because he makes this very it's a very complicated action when you really look at it, because when you come off a screen roll, right. And I've come off a few screen rolls in my lifetime. There's a lot going on, how the defense is defending you, the guy going under the guy going up over the top. Are they double you? Are they baiting you to shoot the shot? Are you hot that night? Do you come up better going right or left? Is this guy open? There's a lot of things going on in this very simple action. I mean, Chris Paul is probably computing a hundred, things literally to make this very simple lob that he determines at the lob or whatever he determines he needs to be now coach bud and these guys i know they're listening i know they're listening to us more right i know they listen to us all the time i'm gonna give them a little gym and how to defend small guards okay whenever you play against a small guard a really good guard who happens to be small like Chris Paul there's one thing that all of us small guards we don't like we do not like to be we not like we don't like to play against players who play very physical why it's because we understand angles we understand angles okay and not only do we understand angles we know how to get to we know how to cut the court off we know how to cut the real estate and we know yeah. how to get the ball to where we need to get to now the Milwaukee Bucks, in my opinion, they have not exploited the way to defend Chris Paul. I know they've done all the traditional actions. They've they fought over the top. They're picking him up full. They are not allowing him to switch, to dictate. The, okay, those things are great. But this is what Chris Paul doesn't want. And here it is, Mo. They have Drew Holiday, who could be very physical with Chris Paul. Mm -hmm. Okay. He could be very physical with Chris Paul. It's the NBA Finals. This is probably the most physical you can play because the referees are not going to determine the game by the whistle. First, Drew Holiday, be very physical with Chris Paul. Second, let's make Chris Paul pass over taller players. Giannis, there's no way that he should be throwing the ball, which we call ping passes, with some... Yep. With some around Giannis if Giannis comes with his hands up and make himself big yep he could only make two things either he's got to lob it or he's got to throw a bounce pass and the, and the bounce pass is the slowest pass you can throw mm -hmm. the fact that they are not doing this with Chris Paul to run him off the play with Giannis there's no reason to have Giannis at the five if all you're going to do is switch I'm telling so Drew Holiday you want them right now. To trap. You, you want them to trap. Oh. No, no. What I want them to do is to do this. Chris Paul is a great player. You cannot, if you are a great player, Mo, okay, this is the secret of a great player. A great player has a counter to everything you do. 
That's why the only thing you can really teach in the game of basketball more are the fundamentals of the game. You can't teach somebody to be great. You can give someone the fundamentals so that they can make a counter to every single thing you do. I'm the offensive player. Mo, you can't be two places at once. Either you're going to take away my right hand or you're going to take away my left hand. Now, if I don't have a left hand and you take away my right hand, that's good defense by Mo. That's why the defensive players are always looking for trends. They're always looking for what's his go-to move. They're always looking to take away what it is you do. But if you are a superior offensive talent, a la Kobe Bryant, a la Michael Jordan, a la Kevin Durant. Yep. There's nothing you can do. If Kevin Durant has it going, what are you going to do? So, but what you can do in this particular instance is I can do something against Chris Paul. I'm going to be very physical with him because little guards don't like to get, they don't, they don't want people to get physical with them. And Giannis is quick enough to force him to do something he really doesn't want to do, which is to throw a bounce pass. When I played against John Stockton, my whole objective was to make John Stockton throw as many bounce passes as I could. That's it. What else was I going to do? Okay. Now, what you have to do against Chris Paul and Devin Booker is not show them a consistent way to defend screen roll because they will catch on and both of them are fundamentally sound enough to, to make an adjustment during the game. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul, everyone says Chris Paul starts off slow. Let me tell you what great players do. They just survey the situation before they attack. All them numbers Chris are ticking Paul. through in his head. You, you know that yeah, mean? Chris I Paul, know you see the, the, the computer going through his head. Yeah, this is what Chris Paul is doing. Let me tell everybody what he's really doing. They go, oh, Chris Paul is a traditional slow starter. No, what he's doing is, let me just see how they defend the screen roll with this guy. Let me see how they defend the pin down. Let me see. And then he takes in all of this information, and then he begins to attack. That's what Chris Paul is doing. I think they have to force Chris Paul to say, I don't want to play against Giannis and Drew Holiday because those guys are both good enough athletes to force Chris Paul to do something he really doesn't want to do. That's what, that's the one thing I don't think the the, the staff yet has exploited because if you do that against Chris Paul now and he runs away from screen roll, now you can actually attack. Yeah, but the, the difficulty is the other guy, whoever Giannis is guarding, they're going to use him to go and spot in the corner and space the floor and take him out of the action. And then they hunt for Lopez or Connaughton or Brim Forbes or Portis. That's then they get the guy who's being guarded by them to come and set the screen. They try and keep Drew Holiday and Giannis as separate as possible when they can on, on the defensive side. Mm. That, that's fine. Okay. So they, they try to do it. Chris Paul. Every time Chris Paul has the ball, we're running to him at Giannis. Oh, you, you throw okay. the double at Chris Paul then? Because they're going to exploit. Pat Connington has to play. Why? Because they have to have some type of spacing on the floor. I got I have to have the problem with Giannis at the five. If you put him at the five, it breaks down the spacing of the, of the game. Because he is not a three-point shooter. If yeah, but, you watch but, Brooke Lopez, and go ahead. But, but Giannis being at a five, Giannis being at four, Giannis being at three, doesn't make a difference because no matter what lineup Milwaukee run, they have four shooters plus Giannis. 
So whether it's Lopez or whether it's Connaughton or whether it's Forbes or whether it's like even Bobby Portis this year was shooting great from three throughout the season. Everyone on the Bucks roster could shoot except for Giannis. So him being at the five doesn't change the other four guys being able to shoot. If anything, the shooting's better when Giannis is at the five because they've got four better shooters. Okay, but then if if it, if Giannis is at the five, the problem is offensive rebounding, which is part yeah. of your offense. Okay, offensive rebounding is part of your offense. Okay, spacing is part of the offense, and Giannis will break down the spacing of the game at the five because now you just have four guys sitting on the perimeter with him. Giannis, you can put Bobby Porter's at the at the as a stretch. Sometimes you can put him in the dunker spot. Sometimes you could put you can run stuff at the elbow. You can Giannis can be the dive guy, which takes the other guys and then creates this. The spacing gets broken down because now all of those actions no longer exist because you just got four other guys sitting around a three waiting to see what Giannis is going to do. Mm. This is a this is the problem, and I know and I know Drew Holiday. Okay, every time Giannis spins, why is Chris Paul always in the paint trying to steal the ball? Well, the problem I see with Giannis is he keeps the ball too low. It's easy to strip him. Well, it's not easy to strip him, but Chris Paul knows that. He, okay, you can't play high if you are a driver and penetrator. Mm-hmm. You can't have it both, Bo. You can't yeah, have it. I know, it. I know. That's, <laughs> I, but Chris Paul sees it. He's, if, if, if I'm going to take the ball from Giannis, it's going to be during that move. If anything, the philosophy is just to put bodies between Giannis and the paint to force him to give up the ball. Now, if you're saying you want to play Giannis, put Giannis always on the weak side. Run your strong side actions on this side with the ability for Giannis to attack on the weak side. If you if Giannis attacks on the weak side, I can have action on the strong side. And now Giannis will have a second or two to play isolation basketball and catch the ball on the move instead of having to settle and play against basically a wall. Because mm -hmm. the front line defender, it's clear to me what they're trying to do. Just don't let Giannis run through the first line of defense, which is either DeAndre Ayton or Jay Crowder. Mm -hmm. Your job is to body him up so he just can't bull through you. Mm -hmm. Tory and Craig then the help will cut. Yeah, that's what. That's exact. You can't play Giannis with a little guy. You got to play him with a big body, or yeah. he'll run right through you. He'll yeah. run. He'll just run right through you. I mean, and it's the finals. It's the NBA finals. They're going to let the game be a little bit more physical. So it's clear to me what they're trying to do. I just think these are small things, but unless they're done it's going to really limit their chances to win because these small things all add up. And you can clearly, when you watch the game, you see what Monty's doing. DeAndre Ayton, just take the initial hit. And then we, and then it's the, our job to help you if you can just take the hit. But if he runs right through you, there's nothing we could do. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, it's clear to me what, what, what the, the game plan is when you're trying to defend Giannis. That's right. Now, I said this to you, I think during game one, I want to say it here I want, so that people can hear it. Everyone's crying out, Giannis needs to be able to shoot threes and he needs to make... My theory is Giannis plays for the Milwaukee Bucks and every time he has a great game, we hear all these stat lines. Giannis is the first player since who for the Bucks to do this. Giannis is the first Bucks player since... That's exactly it. 
Now, if I'm looking at Giannis, right, if you give Giannis, because at the moment he's got a load of isolation post-ups where he, if he can't drive past the guy, he's settling for that turnaround fadeaway. If you just get him that little sky hook going or a little running hook, then who's stopping that? Because even if there is a wall there, even if you could put whatever in front of him, if he develops that little sky hook or a little running hook going across the paint, it's over for everyone. And I think that would be more deadly than the three-point shot, to be honest. Like, I don't know. That, that's what I'd be looking at. If I'm Milwaukee or his coach or his trainer or whatever it may be, I'm trying to get Giannis a sky hook. I'm trying to bring that back. We're seeing the, the revolution of the big man. We're seeing Jokic, Embiid. We're seeing Aiton now about to win a championship, dominating the paint. I'm saying let's go full old school. Let's bring back the skyhook. Because if Giannis adds that to his repertoire, that's going to be harder to stop than James Harden's triple step back. You know, the skyhook was an incredible and amazing shot. It's, it's, like, think about it. It's such an amazing shot. No one's figured out how to stop it. Exactly. Still. Exactly. Okay. All right. You know, when I look at Giannis's body type, I go, okay. The skyhook is one thing. Getting in position to shoot the skyhook is another. Kareem had an incredible base. If you ever see him in a person, you don't realize how big his legs are mm -hmm. for a man so big. Okay. Kareem was much bigger and stronger than you, than you think. He had an incredible base. Like, like when I look at players, I start looking, I start scowling, right? I go, okay, Giannis, Giannis doesn't have a body type to take that type of pounding with his lower extremities. He doesn't have like big legs. You know, he's not wide where he can sit down and just post up. That's not his game, right? Yeah. Kareem was, Kareem had like, the perfect body type to do that. He just, he just, he really did. When you, when you see him and you go, okay, now I understand. Like you start saying, why can't anyone shoot the sky hook? Honestly, you know why you can't shoot the sky hook? Cause you don't have the body type to shoot the sky hook. You gotta have a great base. You have to have incredible amount of fundamentals because think about it. You're guarding someone Mo and you know he's going to shoot it. And there's a reason that he always can get to it. Well, what's the reason? It's because he had a counter to every single defensive scheme you could come up with to get to that shot. It's, it's, it's not like we didn't know the sky hook was, wasn't coming. It's, you knew it was coming and he still got to it. So what, what, what did he do that was so unique that everyone knew, everyone in the gym goes, okay, he's going to shoot the sky hook. Just defend it. Well, he had counters. Oh, you can't defend the sky hook off the bat. That, that's the first of all. There's no way to defend it without fouling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, Robert Paris, Artis Gilmore, Wilt Chamberlain, Nate Thurman, there was a Bob Lanier, Bill Cartwright, all of these guys, I'm sure they came up. Ralph Sampson, Akeem Olajuwon. I'm sure they had an idea when they were guarding Kareem. Hey, he's probably going to shoot the sky. <laughs> well, let's just say they yeah, had an idea. It's the same with Harden now. You know Harden's going to hit that step back, but you can't do anything about it. Because if you put, push up on him, he's going to blow by you. And if, if you anticipate a blow by, he's going to step back. It's, this, 
yeah. these unstoppable moves are just unstoppable. You got to have a counter. These players are really, really good. These players are really, really good. Mm-hmm. You know it's coming. You know, it's like you knew Larry Bird was going to shoot the fade away. You knew it, but nothing you could do. You, you, you know what these, some of these guys are going to do. Now, in saying that, Mo, like, when you have these great players, you have to live with You got to make a decision. Either I'm going to live with it or I'm going to double them. Mm. And sometimes double them, doubling them doesn't work. really matter. <laughs> still don't work. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Okay. Well, the most part, you got to live with them. Why? Because some of the players aren't just becoming great players. They're actually mastering the game. See, people don't realize everyone else was trying to be the best player they could be. Jordan was mastering the game. How? Because he understood the fundamentals of the game. He understood at every position on the floor what was possible for a person to do on the defensive end and as an offensive player. So it didn't matter what you did, Mo. Mo, okay, you're going to put this guy's a good defensive player. Okay, there are limitations to what you can do if I catch the ball at the elbow with a live dribble. Mm Mm-hmm. I hate Mo. You you follow what I'm saying? I, I hate when exactly you under, but when you play against a master, right? When I saw Larry Bird, I knew immediately there was something different. There was something different. When you see Magic Johnson, there's something different. When you played it, when I played against Tim Duncan, I was older. I was like, oh, everyone else was playing basketball. This guy has mastered something. Kobe Bryant, he mastered the game. And when you master the fundamentals of the game, that's a whole different level than just relying on physical talent or relying on a certain skill set. When you see Steph Curry has literally mastered now the game. It doesn't matter what you do. He doesn't come in the game. He doesn't care if Pat Beverly is running around (laughs) with his hands up. And he doesn't care if you put a 6'6 guy on him. He understands now what is possible at certain areas on the floor. And that, when you see a player do that, you go, okay, let's live with that. And every player should try to reach that level of excellence because fundamentals are the only thing that you can learn in the game. That's a little trick that every player, as they go through their journey, hopefully they'll find it out. It's only the fundamentals. That's all that matters in the game of basketball and anything that you're trying to do. And that's what I think makes Chris Paul great. Cause he is really a master of the pick and roll. If we just go full circle with everything we talked about today, before we wrap this episode up, BJ, the Suns are up two nil. How many games you see this series go? Cause I, I assume at this point, everyone knows the Suns are going to win or everyone thinks the Suns are going to win the NBA championship. Suns in four, five, six, seven, or a Bucks comeback. Well, I said, I said six at the beginning and I'm going to stick with it because this Milwaukee Bucks team, they've, they've been a very resilient group. It's very hard to sweep someone. And I expect the resistance from the Bucks. I, re- I expect them to win a game. I think their fans and the Deer District and all those people will be there. But I, 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 I really like what this Phoenix Suns team is about, how they're playing. 
So I'm going to stay the Suns in six. I think the Suns can steal one on the road. Yes. I think the Suns can steal one on the road and then close it out on their home court. I said Suns in six at the start, and now I'm leaning more towards Suns in five. We're going to have to find <laughs> out. Hope you guys stay rocking with us. Appreciate you listening to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast. Thank you, BJ, for dropping those gems that you don't get anywhere else. You guys, if you heard oh, those gems, subscribe right about now. Well, yeah. Well, it's, it, I'm sure there's a there's a young listener that wants to be great, right? There's a young listener or listeners that wants to be great. And everyone talks about being great. Everybody wants to be great. But very rarely do we learn actually how to go about it. How you go about being great is you have to master the fundamentals. That's the only way to get great, right? You can, you can work on individual skills. You can work on shooting. You can work on individual moves and all of those things. But when you understand the fundamentals of anything you do, that's your foundation. That's why great players are always instinctive. If you want to be great at anything, you have to trust your instincts because great players, great executives, if you're great at anything, you are instinctively aggressive. That means you got to trust your instincts. Yep. And the only way you can trust them is by having the fundamentals. And so that is, has to be the core of everything that you do. And the great players are always masters of the fundamentals. And don't think just instincts are just what comes naturally as well. Your instincts sharpen over time. The more reps you put in, the more hours you put in, dedicate to your craft, the sharper those instincts become. It's not just by accident. It's not just, oh, man, I feel like going this way. I'm going to go this way and get the shot. The reason these guys can do it is because they've been in that situation so many times that they know if a defender's doing this, they need to do right. this. You know, that's where we'll leave it for today. BJ, I appreciate you, my brother. Appreciate everyone locking in. We'll be rocking with you guys for the rest of the finals and throughout the offseason. We've got a lot more on the way. Maybe even a brand new show for you guys on the YouTube. So stay locked. That's oh, exclusive man. for the podcast listeners. They got the exclusive right there. Stay ready, my people. Stay blessed and get buckets. <laughs>